Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, you miserable bastards, and welcome to yet another... Jamie Coburnless Misery Hunters podcast. I am Mark Jarden, and not joining me this time is Craig Devine, and not joining me this time is Ross Davidson. But we do have the returning Sam Smith. All right, how are you doing? Good to be finally back and bother Mars to join the podcast. <laughs> and uh, we've got the the difficult second album returning again is Andrew Christie. Hiya, how are you doing? Thanks for having me back. No, uh, no pressure at all, Andrew. I know. No, just, yeah. just need to live up to that. Simple you give me two, two more good games, so we're we're, we're kicking the gas. You're on. You're on. We'll make your loan permanent. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, we've got a couple of games to talk about, but with um, with news coming through today about the the chairman, we should probably we should probably cover that off. I know we've we've talked about this to to death in previous podcasts, but with a little bit of of closure on uh, at least one one part of this story, it's it's worth bringing up again. Looks like um, John Needham's been been found guilty by the SFA disciplinary panel of, of breaking their rules based on, on what he's posted before, and and I, I think the club's been hit by a, a six grand fine with a, a thousand of that being suspended. Assuming he doesn't tweet anything else about folk falling off bridges before the end of the season. <laughs> my, my thoughts on it have my thoughts on it haven't changed. Shouldn't have done it. I don't think it actually meant anything he said, and I think if you're genuinely upset about it, then you probably shouldn't watch the telly after nine o'clock at night. Aye, that's not. I think the thing with the, the thing with the bridge tweet was it was a, a reply back to a comedian. It's not as if he there's no there's no malice in it. He does not yeah, want exactly. thousands of Rangers fans to fall into the water, drown, and die. Yeah. But, uh, I just uh, can't say. Hopefully, though. obviously, comes through it, and it's a bit of a tough time for him. But uh, good to get fully behind him. He's a good guy. He probably doesn't deserve the amount of flack he's getting for some areas. I think you've kind of hit the nail on the head. So I, I don't think there's a 
any malice to it whatsoever. It was a, a stupid tweet uh, that's been blown well out of proportion. Hopefully this is the kind of takes medicine, this is the end of it, but I don't know, we'll see. I don't, I'm, yeah, just hopefully that's the end of it, but I guess we'll just need to wait and see. Yeah, I think so. I think, as I said, my position hasn't changed. I don't think anything in the tweets was particularly bad. He shouldn't have done it. I can understand why it's been dragged up. But I think if I was a if I was a petty keyboard warrior that was annoyed about people I like getting dragged up for tweets, then I would probably go and find the tweets that other people have done and make a fuss about it. And once it's you know once the, the can of worms is open there, then it's kind of difficult to ignore. You know, he's, he's going to have to face something. I think the fact he's apologised means something. And I think the fact that this has been dealt with fairly quickly means something. I, I'm certainly not going to sit here and call for someone's job or, or anything like it. To to my satisfaction, I, I kind of I'm happy that he's not going to do it again and try and oh. move past it as um, as best we can. But um, my fear is that we've we've maybe not heard the heard the last of this yet. So it's a volunteer. In the days, I'm a volunteer. Get behind them. Get behind the club. Get moving in the right direction. I think that's the yeah. the main part for everybody. Yeah, and I think you can do that without necessarily contributing to a crowdfunder to pay a fine that that he earned himself. But you know, it is what it is. I'm not going to judge anyone for doing what they're doing. But um, what I'm here to judge is a couple of shites at one performances. So we'll end um, swiftly. Yeah, <laughs> that's incredible. So smooth. Well, um, we'll swiftly move on to a game that I wasn't at and can't talk about. So I'll um, I'll hand over to to the two boys here. Tyne Castle on Saturday, usually the makings of a a good away day, even if they only sell you four hundred and eighty seven tickets. Andrew, do you want to to pick this one up first? How how did you see this one? Uh, I thought, to be honest, I thought it was an an alright game. It was an alright performance. Um, going in, I kind of feared the worst with Hart's home record, but um, we started kind of, we started fairly brightly, we moved the ball around well, we kind of, we pressed them well, they didn't really offer a lot going forward, um, didn't, there wasn't a lot of chances, a few good saves by the goalkeeper in the first half, and yeah, not really much of note until that, that first goal goes in about 60 odd minutes in, and that just kind of, that just totally takes the, the air out of someone performance, and like, from then on, as far as I was concerned, there was only really one outcome. I think the overall score maybe flattered parts of a bit, but you would be hard pushed to say they went good for their, their victory on the day. And it's just it was another day of I imagine this will be a kind of theme we'll come back to later on, but it was a day where but for better finishing, we might have been ahead. And it felt like one of those games where whoever went ahead would have got the points and if we had that bit more of a clinical edge, then it may have been entirely kind of different game. But I think, perf- I mean, a lot. This season's been a lot of I kind of exercise of just drawing positives out of okay performances and bad results, which I guess only takes you so far. But when it's all we've got, we have to do it. So yeah, I thought the performance is all right. There's it's positives to take, but yeah, it's, it's not a loss. Uh, and a hard place to go, to be fair. They've not they've not lost at Tynecastle yet. Um, and they're playing Celtic fairly soon, so that may change fairly soon. But yeah, not one to be too disheartened about. But the manner of the, the, the defeat in the second half um, was a wee bit a wee bit disappointing to watch, to be honest. Sure. You, um, you thinking similar, Sam? Aye, can I? There's nothing else I can really think about. Andrew sitting on the head there. It's not really 
much to disagree with. Had, no, I think we were actually, I do agree with the fact that I did think we were, it was a decent performance, you know. I definitely agree about if we have somebody a bit more clinical, but at the same time, I think the, the chances that we created are, I can't really remember Brophy having a, a decent chance. I think he just did a couple of pot shots outside the box and the strikers and the really, obviously we'll touch on it later when we're talking about the Ross County game and a lot of the complaints we fans, but the strikers can't do much if they're getting the ball 20, 30 yards for goal with a back to goal and it's, it's really it's hard to hard to judge when the service up to the strikers is so poor in this game isn't really any different I think the, the clear cut chance came from McGrath uh, unbelievable save for, for Craig Gordon but uh, yeah, uh, it's just it's, it's frustrating obviously that we came away with nothing considering how we played for 60-65 minutes they gave up until the uh, Hearts got their goal I think that's a, a frustration for me, um, you know, kind of looking at, at how the game's been described and what I have seen from the, the highlights and everything else. If we put that performance in against some of the duds that we've drawn with recently, then, you know, there's there's a kind of different picture there in the table, but it's, it almost seems like we kind of save those performances for plucky defeats mm-hmm. where we don't quite have the edge and, you know, Craig Gordon's enough to, to be the difference with us putting stuff away and then and you know, we'll, we'll get to the goals just now, I guess. For the for the first goal, I, I thought, you know, it's, it's good work down the down the wing by Mackay. It's the, a bit of good fortune with Mackay's um, cutback and, and a good finish by GMS, but a, an entirely static defence at that point. You've, you've got, I think it's Dunn's the closest man and he's absolutely on his heels. Aye, um, I think comes right for the start. I think it actually was the beginning of the counter attack when I took the ball. I think we get the ball out to McGrath pretty quickly and she's kind of fanning about with the ball when you've got Brophy and Ro- I think Ronan was looking up the left-hand side. Could I give it to him short or he could have hit it long for Brophy? Either of the two of the options prevent that goal from happening. It's just dilly-dallying on the ball and kind of making daft individual mistakes and then as soon as you're giving the ball away, you're giving the ball away to I think it might have been Devlin who gives it to Beringman then for there. They're quick, they're a really quick team. Obviously, as you said, touch of fortune with a cut back across, but again, a uh, bit of composure in the box and a really good finish and kind of just turned the game and it said we were, we just looked kind of deer in the headlights after that. We were never really looked like getting back into it at all. I think, like you said, it's come from a from a preventable, a preventable individual mistake by someone playing and that's that's something we're seeing quite a lot of this season and that whether that comes from a lack of confidence that then kind of creates a lack of confidence. So it's this kind of never-ending cycle of just, I don't know, a lack of confidence and composure. And it's it's just going to be, we're, we're going to be our own undoing in the end kind of thing. So don't get me wrong, it was it was a well-taken counter from, from Hearts when they did put the ball up. And, uh, you know, Barry McKay, I think he's I think he's a quality player. I think he's having a really good season. And, uh Kind of took it well and we're better fortunate to cut back, but yeah, it's preventable and we just didn't react well enough once we went one nil down. And like I said earlier, there was only ever going to be one outcome when that ball went in. To be honest, afterwards. Yeah, I think if we don't um, if we don't capitalise on pressure that we've got, then we're we're always going to leave ourselves open to being pulled apart by either moments of bad luck and a bit of quality like the first goal, or moments of sublime skill and quality like the. Like the second goal, I, I really don't know how much there is that we can say about Kingsley putting one top in from from where he is. It's it's not the first one he's done this season. Um, he's got a real a, a real talent for it. I exactly that will not be the again. last. 
that's that was a uh, sitting right behind it for where obviously we were sitting, Andrew. That's a uh, as soon as the ball leaves his foot, as soon as as soon as he's just hit it, he's kind of took the wee look up at Anik and thought, I am having that, and I 30, 35 yards out to ping it right in the top goal. That's just a but a individual brilliance that we don't really have just now, and it's because uh, Anik was pos- sorry, Anik no, was positioned right, right? He was positioned really well, the keeper. So it's just um. Ah, it was just a pure moment of class, like three goalkeepers couldn't save that, so aye. you can only get so angry, but aye. I, th- I think the, the most frustrating part for me for the the whole of the game is I think everybody, including I think the three years, I think we thought, I think you should touched on it the podcast, obviously I wasn't on last week, uh, seen a bit done, uh, Fraser and Shaughnessy, you'd, surely you would think, right, take me, get people in their natural position, you get done at left, Joe in the middle, Fraser at right, and you come out and the teams, you've got a right-footed guy playing on the left-hand side and you've got a left-footed centre-half playing in the middle and then you've put Shaughnessy outright again when he's already not been comfortable enough on the left-hand side this season. It's it's bewildering. I just, I really don't get the reasoning behind it. I'd love to, I'd love to know Jim's reasoning behind it. Obviously there is, you know, he's a, he's a coach who gets paid a good amount of money to make these decisions. There's clearly reason behind it. He's the one that's watching training every day and makes the decision on it. So I I just for for what it's worth, I just don't see the don't see any benefit at all to having it. You can't complain about not having a left footed centre half for the past two seasons. And then when you get one shoehorn them out into the middle of the team really, but it doesn't suit him. He's a good performance. He's played it on the left hand side. So it's uh, to the detriment of the rest of the team that he's trying to shoehorn these people in these positions. Uh, we'll we'll come to it in a in a minute when we talk about the, the county game but I thought that was particularly glaring last night with how uncomfortable Fraser looked at times on the, the left hand side I think we're a real victim to and I wouldn't necessarily say that this is specific to, to Goodwin but you know there's maybe a bit of evidence for that that if something works we assume it's going to work again and you, you kind of you're scared to change it almost like you know for reasons of superstition mm-hmm. you know if they commit boys come in they do a job covering for someone else and we actually get a good performance out of it so you think right well I'm not going to change that for the for the following Saturday when in, in actual fact that there must be something that, that we're missing I, you know I, I don't think don't, the thievers aren't experts and, and certainly wouldn't claim to be but I, there's got to be something to the fact that that we're all pretty unanimous and to be honest anyone I've spoken to is pretty unanimous about the defence not quite looking right just now in terms of where people are and not playing to people's strengths, that there has to be a reason that that's continuing and and that we're not aware of. And I would appreciate either being aware of it or it changing <laughs> and, um, and and maybe getting a little bit more understanding on that. But uh, yeah, and, and as if uh, as if to to compound what was a, a fine day all round, Shaughnessy then uh, decides to to make Jim's job a bit easier on the. Uh, on Wednesday night against County by by taking away one of those options that's going to have to play out of position. Um, the the second yellow card, it's daft, right? He's he's not. It's, it's not a it's not a professional foul or anything anything kind of significant like that. But for me, you, you can't you can't lift your arm up, put it around someone two meters in front of the ref on the edge of the box in a game like that and expect not to get a yellow card from it. So I think that he's got to take that one in the gym to be honest. Especially the time of game, the time of game it came in. Obviously, like not to say you, you stop playing or whatever, but ninety-five minutes to nil down, it is it's just it's carelessness and it's 
for for as much as I know, um, Goodwin was quoted during the week as saying he wants to kind of. He's got quite a big squad. He wants to get rid of a few folk in January and stuff. I know we can potentially can go into that later, but we're not that stocked in defence. So an injury and a suspension is has the potential to kind of kind of fuck us a bit. Where we are having to play people out of position, we are having to kind of bring bring Tate back like we did, we did last night. Um, so yeah, it's just it's just frustrating, I guess, more than anything. And, I, I know I know it was probably a frustrating game to play in, but you have to you have to be better to you have to be better than that reaction. I should know better. I think we are probably probably Joe's biggest supporters on here. And, you know, to be honest, I think at the time he even out with that. You know, he's he's a guy who very rarely makes mistakes, but he is kind of sometimes likely to lose concentration. To be honest, it's easy to get frustrated when you've. It's your backs to the hang for obviously after Hearts got the first goal, it was half an hour of just constant pressure. They were on top of us constantly. Jack made a few great saves and he's got a wee bit frustrated and fair enough, but he should know better than they put his hands on somebody like that at the edge of the box, especially with the way they, they were going at that point. He definitely looked to get him sent off. He kind of dived a wee bit, but you kind of make the decision easy for the referee, I'm afraid. Yeah, I think that's that's exactly it. Although there was one positive to the fact that Shaughnessy took himself out of consideration for uh, for last night's game. It did mean he was in the stands and um, and available for for other things. And with them um, with that in mind, we'll be back after this. I'm Joel Shocknessy and you're listening to Misery Hunters. Thanks. Thanks, Joe. Much appreciated. I sincerely hope that you're not in the stands again at any point in the season to, to give us another one as much as you are. Standing on the edge of the six yard box. Ideally is the middle of a, a three person battling. But we <laughs> We can talk about that later. Um, yeah, I think uh, what we're really here to talk about is the is the Ross County game last night. Still, still fresh and sore in in all of our minds. We've had we've had a fair amount to to moan about in recent weeks, but I think uh, I think home to Ross County and, and never really looking like we were going to take uh, take three points despite twenty seven shots and goal and all the rest of it. I think that might mark a bit of a turning point for. For many people, I'm um, I'm very slow to to jump to to proper criticism, and I'm, I'm absolutely not in the you know the, the kind of changing personnel camp or, or anything like it. But I definitely came away from last night thinking actually it's not working. There there has to be there has to be something you know kind of fundamental at this point that we can change in order to to try and get better out of, of what we've got. We've got too many we've got too big a squad and too many good players to to put in performances like that for me and, and I include the strikers in that I think I think Brophy's as good a striker as we've had for for seasons and if we're if that's what we're resorting to with a team that has him in it that has Jamie McGrath in it that has that has a number of others then, then I think something has to has to shift um, I, I actually thought that might come last night from the from the team selection but uh, it wasn't to be um, Sam you want to, to take this one up first? I uh, incredibly frustrating. I think I came up the road and I'm just raging on the way back up the road at how you've managed to draw a blank against an absolutely dross outfit who, apart from a breakaway at the end of the half when Anik pulls off the double safety spitting consola. Other than that, we utterly dominated it, yet still never really looked like scoring at any point. Never created any clear-cut opportunities. Uh, just kind of, I don't see the point in having guys like Brophy and Dennis who 
we know are good with the ball at their feet, but we just insist on hitting high balls into them, like Baldwin and Yakovite when he was on, and then when Keith Watson came on, you know, they're three massive guys. Why why waste the time shelling long balls to guys that are only going to beat them in headers? It's uh, incredibly frustrating not to win, but I, I'm the same as you, Mark. I'm pretty slow to react to stuff. I don't really... A lot of people have seen a lot of people saying it's time for good when to go. No, far from it for me. <clears throat> but I do agree that there needs to be a change and it's reminding me of around about the time last year, obviously we're, we're drawing games, but this time last year I think we had lost six or seven on the bounce, I'm sure, mm-hmm. before we managed to turn it around. So we're going to need something like that to really make a serious push for top six because with the squad we have, we're definitely capable of doing it. But I think after last night, Jim needs to... Something needs to change. Too many daft decisions, you know. Kyle McAllister's never a wing back in a million years. He needs to either rest Tanza or give him a boot up the arse because he's not really kicked the ball in a few weeks. He's getting injured constantly. I just I don't think he's a hundred percent playing long ball again. And well, I would imagine we'll touch on it, but the the starting back three started in their natural positions and then went five minutes. Goodwin shouting at them to change again. I don't know why, because everybody looked more comfortable. I think it's the best we could have done with Joe Merson. Taking in the middle is fine for me. It's a position he could play in his sleep. He's a great defender. Fraser, obviously, on his right-hand side, more comfortable, done, vice versa. But uh, I don't know. It was probably too simple for Jim, to be honest. And he would rather overcomplicate it against utter shite like that. I think um, Dunn looked Dunn looked particularly uncomfortable at the start of, of last night's match, and I think he was a a kind of big uh, a big reason as to, to why we were so kind of bitty in that that first half where we struggled to put stuff together. He was, you know, kind of miss hitting miss hitting first time clearances and sky and stuff, miss miss laying passes, and he just didn't look comfortable. I mean, he settled into it to be fair to him, and I don't think I don't think on balance he had a, a bad game, but I think. That that first half for me was was categorised by just decent footballers making a, a real hash of of basic stuff. I mean, get the ball rolling to to Dennis inside their penalty box and he freshes it, but somehow the ball then gets to Brophy, who then, you know, in, in my mind's eye at least, just rolls it back to the keeper. I mean, it's almost a, a back pass, and from from where I sit in the main stand, you can hear you can hear pretty much every word that. That Goodwin says, and, and Goodwin was going kind of off his nut, particularly at the at the Brophy attempt. After that, you can almost forgive Dennis just entirely making a a horse's ass of that and getting his timing wrong. But Brophy had the time to put something on it, and it's so tame. And that's what he feeds on, you know. In a team like this, he's he you pay him the money you pay him because he puts stuff like that away. It's you know for all the criticism of a beaker, that's what you could rely on a beaker for. He, he didn't give you anything else, and I think we're a better a better side without him. But if the ball drops to Beaker six yards out, and we've said that enough times before, you know you're going to get a goal out of it, and you can rely on that. And I think that um, was that was so it's, that sums up the first half for me. It was miss hit passes, not controlling balls. It was Tanser getting diagonal sent out to him, and he's like stepping over the ball and all sorts. It was just that first half was circus stuff. We were basically we were kind of playing hoofball against a team that are basically like tailor made to counter football. Like they've got Brophy and Dennis are amongst the kind of better strikers we've had in a while, I, I think, but they're not going to beat 
that Ross County back line in the air. Um, and it's, it just seems like we're setting up we're setting up in a certain way. All Goodwin's signings have been brought in with a certain uh, system in mind, but we just seem to abandon it fairly quick on in the game. Whether it's a lack of confidence or a lack of like Plan B, it just we seem to resort to just big long punts and uh, it's just it's just it was the most frustrating game I've watched in a while. I know I feel like I kind of say that every week, but. It was incredibly frustrating, and uh, I sit on Twitter and sit on corner of the internet today. Haven't hasn't been a particularly fun place to be. Um, I don't think, obviously, um, I don't think it's we're anywhere near making any kind of rash decisions in terms of Goodwin and stuff. But with the run of fixtures we've got coming up, coming up, it could get a lot worse, and we could find ourselves. Um, very quick on quite a bad run of uh, without a win. So yeah, something something's kinda of got to change whether it's I mean for what it's worth, I think three at the back is there I don't think four at the back kinda of suits us. And um switching to a to a different formation that kinda of goes against what Goodwin has kinda of looked to instill. I don't if he does that and it doesn't work, I don't think he comes back from that. I think that's kinda of, that would be the the last draw for him, so I'd be kind of wary of changing too much. But I just, it's just frustrating because I don't, I don't understand what the kind of issue is because it's all these things that we can get made fun of for saying by other by fans of our teams. But our squad is so much better than it's been for a long, long time. We've got the players, we've got the personnel. It's just, it's just not quite, quite clicking. And like as a fan base, we we're not slow to kind of get on the, the team's back. So it turns out to be quite a, quite a nasty atmosphere fairly quick. So, yeah, I just, I don't know how, I don't know how we, we get ourselves out of this one. So, uh, yeah. I think we, I think it was just, it almost just felt kind of complacent. Yeah. In that first half, even if there was a system to speak of, we weren't, we weren't, as you were saying, Andrew, we weren't sticking to it. We weren't, we weren't doing the stuff that we, the bare minimum stuff that we need to do to be functional. I think um, I noticed fairly early on. I think it was Callaghan was was sitting just in front of their their back line, and with us having two up front and them both being fairly small guys, they're they're decent at pressing. But if they don't press quickly and cover ground and you know are, are reactive, then very quickly they were just getting pulled apart by the trying to stop the short um, the short goal kick going to the centre halves, and Callaghan was just collecting the ball with acres of space to move into. I think it's it's just what I think it was yourself that was saying, Sam, and, and you touched on it as well, Andrew. At that point, County are just perfectly set up to just pull us apart at that point. You know, we've we've given up the, the kind of any ambition of playing kind of sharp, slick football and pulling them around, and it's given lots of space to to kind of come towards us. And I thought, particularly in the first half again, the amount of times they were like passing the ball into our box and had, you know, it never really came to anything. Anik had a good game and, and we weren't, you know, we weren't you know out on our, our arse at that point, but what was stark was we didn't do that. The chances that we were getting were trying to find a yard outside of the box or looking as if we had a bit of space and then making the wrong pass choice or um, as, as Brophy did in the second half, trying to find a shot when the cutback was was so glaringly on. We we just didn't have that composure and, and that's the team we're set up to be. You put McGrath and Ronan and, and even Power to an extent, you, you put Kyle wide right 
you put guys that move like Brophy and Dennis in so that you can stretch defences or use movement to, to find a bit of space in the box. And both of them are very capable of, if you give them that half yard, kind of popping a quick shot off and, and scoring it, I'd say that's probably what the two of them have as their, their greatest strength. Why stick the two of them in and then just hoof 60-yard balls in the direction of fullbacks or, or whatever else? ああ、そうだ、そうだ、そうだ、そうだ、そうだ、そうだ、そうだ、そうだ、そうだ、そうだ、そうだ、そうだ、そうだ、そうだ、そうだ、そうだ、そうだ、そうだ、そうだ、そ
Ronan and McGrath behind him. We're not we're not short of footballers. We're not short of people that can can play with the ball. But we just seem to. You know, I don't want to say panic, but it seems a bit. It all seems a bit stretched, a bit frantic. It seems like from about sixty minutes onwards last night, it felt like the ninety first minute in a game we were chasing. It was just it was get a ball, kind of shellac up the park and see what happens. And we're not. That's not our strength. That's not where where our goals are going to come from. And yeah, it was just I. It was just so frustrating. It was. It was I. There's nothing else to say. Just frustrating, frustrating. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's one sorry, of those. those way, no, so I was just I was going to say I think what you're saying there is right about sharpness, and I think strike the strikers individually would all get a bit more sympathy. If or or would would get that sympathy if not for all three of them having one opportunity last night where I think everyone was well within their rights to expect a little better. Dennis's was that. That header that, that kind of ends up just at him in the just off the six yard box, which I think he just kind of you know goes back on his heels and just lets it rebound wide. Brophy's was was getting played into that much space, and I think it was Dennis that was tearing down on the right hand side, and you know I'm I'm a mile away, and I could see that the 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 ball there because Brophy was covered was to to play it relatively early and let Dennis run onto it, and I think would would have scored in that instance, and in Brophy. Chose to didn't just choose to take the shot, he chose to take a couple of extra touches and then get Aye. crowded out for the shot and roll it back. And by that point, you know, County were able to to crowd their box again and the chance was gone. And, and then Mains was the one, the one to one, the one to one last night. Hard, a hard one to take for the uh, main, I thought, to be honest. I think uh, a lot of people kind of jump the back and just see it as a kind of glaring law his chance he missed, but it's right in front of me. And even when you go back and watch the highlights, you can see him get pulled back. Uh, yeah. I think Baldwin Baldwin has a, a really decent tug at his shoulder. Uh, at that point, Maynard Brewer's out, closed the angle. He's done it, he's done what he should have done. He's trying to get it over him, lifted it. Maybe could have put a wee bit more power on it, but I wouldn't underestimate the kind of influence that Baldwin and Watson had kind of pulling him back. It's really, you know, it's going to knock you off your balance. If you're balanced, you're more likely to get a better shot off. And I mean, it's unlucky. Uh, if that's um, if that's Colin Quainar, he goes down and we get a penalty. That's enough thing at home. Uh, Andrew, I actually agree with that. I think my pal turned and said that to me last night. I think I kind of maybe a smarter striker would have maybe hit the deck. Yeah, as soon I as agree. A, a smarter striker maybe gets the Less contact. Physical striker. And I, I don't think I think if it's Brophy that's in that position of getting pulled back, I don't think he'd hesitate to get down. Mm-hmm. Listen, I'm a we've gone. I'm a massive advocate of cheating if it's in our favour. <laughs> but uh, I just I just think uh, I a wee striker gets down give a referee the decision to make you know there's been contact he's not going to book you for diving and I don't think last I think last night with the way that guy in the middle was going I think he'd have been happy to give a penalty and get a card out I think he had uh, he must have had some money on a card bet last night because <laughs> he, he was throwing them out at one point I think uh, another thing for me on the, in the last two games I've noticed uh, to be honest since he's been out uh, I'm fairly critical of Ethan but I think we need him back in the team I I like Flynn and Power, and I more lean towards Power. I think Power's a better footballer, but we're a better team. We've got Ethan Enahor in midfield. I think the the two, if we're going to play three at the back, which is fine, go for it. I think we need Miller outright. He might not be the best, but he gives us a sort of natural balance. But right in the middle of the pitch, you need a guy like Enahor who 
we'll try the passes in behind. You know, I think Erehon's in three or four assists for this season, four balls that have went in behind her. It's one of his strengths. He'll, he'll pick the pass, he'll go forward, he'll try something a bit more adventurous. He's a, on top of that, he's a good defensive midfielder as well. I think we've really missed him the last few weeks and maybe last night when County are kind of packing their box or defending pretty well and being a bit more robust, you've got a guy who can pick holes in the defence in the midfield that would have really made a difference because uh, Ronan and McGrath aren't at that at all at the moment. I think I agree with uh, uh, the kind of need for getting um, Erehon back. Um, quite often, I mean, I'm just going to press it, but I'm obviously a massive fan of Erehon, but I think sometimes his decision-making isn't, maybe there's a bit of rawness there, but the kind of the movement of Brophy in front of him, it almost makes the decisions for him. Like we look at the the first goal and against County up in Dingwall, like that that was an incredible assist. And that's the kind of it's that sort of link between midfield and attack that we're just we seem to be missing at the moment. So whether that is uh, Erehan coming in for for Flynn or or however, um, I think. Yeah, just just any kind of creativity we can kind of try and add to that squad. Um, I know Miller came on last night, didn't really have a lot to do, but like you said, just his his mere presence just gives us the, the side that much that much more kind of sense of balance, just by the fact that it's it's his natural position. And don't get me wrong, when Flynn's been sorry when uh, when Tate's been asked to do that in recent weeks, he's done it very well. And um, I wouldn't kind of I, I th- he'd be kind of quite unlucky to be dropped for that, but it's not his natural position. He's been asked to do a job, a job he's been very admirably, but it's not his position and it just does that kind of bit of unbalance and it seems like half an hour in last night, Tanzer was blown out of his ass, whether that's fitness or injury, it's just lack of other options. He he needs a, a rest or just someone else to take that. Hold off him on the other side. Can be interested to see the how we line up on Saturday in terms of whether we go with uh, bringing Miller back in on the right or uh, I, like I said, Tate has done a good job when he's been asked to do it there, but it's not his natural position. Um, McAllister, I kind of have my, my doubts whether he's kind of cut out for this level anymore, um, especially not a wing-back. He does a lot of stuff well, but he's not not a wing-back mm-hmm. and asking him to be is just kind of setting him up for a loss. So, yeah, I'd be... We'll see, see what happens on Saturday. I'd be interested to see what the lineup will be, though. Yeah. Right. I'm the same as you, Andrew. I'm kind of obviously moving on, just kind of talk about the Aberdeen game. I do think, yeah, I think yeah, it's a weird one. Uh, I think he can't. I, I know people are busting for him to change their four at the back. He's not going to do it. It's It doesn't suit us at all. We change their four at the back, we're losing a body in midfield and an Aberdeen midfield who are pretty doing, to be honest, pretty good at the moment we, you know Hedges playing as a 10 he's got Brown and uh, Lewis Ferguson behind him who are you know probably the third best midfield in the country when they're on it uh, it'll do us I think if we just did two in the middle if it's Power and Ethan oh, I think Power and Ethan are both great and walk into most teams in the league but I don't think I just think it'd be a terrible idea to go and just try and change formation just for the sake of it I don't think he will for what it's worth but very interesting to see if he is going to drop Tanzer, but then if you drop Tanzer, you either need to put Tate out there, you'll need to start Miller on the right-hand side. Questions over how fit they both are. But I, I'm kind of trying not to think about it too much because the more you do think about it, you kind of get the fear that we're going to lose 2 or 3-0 and just be, be half-time one of the ones. 
Mm. I mean, the, the point I'm at, just as I was kind of saying at the start, is that, and I've not been someone that's been calling for the, you know, to get rid of the three. And, and I think on paper, the, the back three is the way we should play it. So it's the, so it's the, the squad we've got and everything else. The point I'm at is that I, I almost kind of think it's worth looking at. I don't know. I, I feel like Marcus Fraser's a right back and we should probably let him play right back and that Tanser or Tate are fine at left back and we should let that happen. And then you, you give either Shaughnessy and McCarthy when he's fit or, or Dunn a chance in the middle and then you sit Power in front of the, the two of them and almost let Power do the you know, the kind of middle role there and take a bit of the pressure off him just now because he's probably our most important defensive player just now in, in terms of covering the ground that he has to. But we're also relying on him to beat players in midfield and, and not really giving him the support in terms of numbers. So he's, it feels like there's two guys on him as soon as he gets the ball constantly. And, and it's a credit to him that I think he actually does move the ball around very quickly. And I think so much of what we're doing just now comes back to him. I, I think you know, taking a little bit of the, the kind of pressure off him in, in terms of covering, you know, two thirds of the pitch would maybe maybe be a help. And also maybe getting Ethan back in next to him would, uh, would do that as well. I, I, I'm just at a point where I almost think kind of experiment and seeing what we can do with the shape and who we've got is, is maybe worth looking at because this amount of, but we're not going to have a run of games again this season against the teams that we have and at the kind of level of form that they've got. And it feels like we've taken absolutely nothing from mm-hmm. from that. And maybe I I'm just do. being spoiled because we have taken draws. And last year we were talking about, you know, five, five, six, seven defeats on the bounce. But I don't know. I, I just something's 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 rotten in the state of Denmark if we can't put away County or St Johnston or Levy or Dundee or Motherwell. And in games where we've had plenty of opportunity to, I think that's the thing. It's not as if we're absolutely out of games and nothing's happening, but we've got the capability to do it and it's not happening. And I just wonder what we need to do to to shift that around. I, I think um, you were touching on it before, Andrew. I think Goodwin probably will be a bit more stubborn. I think if uh, ripping it up and starting again at this point, would, just the PR of it would be that, you know, that all is lost. Mm-hmm. And he maybe doesn't want to to concede that, but something has to. Something I know I keep saying it, but just something has to to happen. We, we can't be subjected to that same that same performance week on week with any expectation that we're going to be happy with withdraws or not annoyed at the odd one 0 or two 0 defeat to to moments of genuine quality, which I think almost every team in the divisions. It's just it's capable. a tricky it's a tricky one because um, I think Goodwin's someone with a kind of very clear footballing identity and footballing philosophy but there just seems to be this kind of disconnect in terms of how he kind of implements that in the team and um, whether it's a kind of wholesale changes to the formation or the tactics or personnel I don't know but I like you said in regards to his kind of stubbornness I don't don't imagine he'll we'll maybe see that many changes at all on Saturday if I'm honest but I I think it's a big it's a big month for him for sure because the the run of yeah. games we've got is absolutely honking, and it could other side of Christmas we could be looking at a, a very very angry fan base. So um, I think yeah, um, again Saturday. Maybe a thread to hold on to there is that a, a run of tougher games might actually suit us a bit more. The games that we've suffered in up to now <laughs> have been games where it's on us to. Mm-hmm. 
to put teams to the the sword, and we're not doing it, and we we're, we're kind of failing in that regard. Whereas, you know, we beat Aberdeen earlier in the season, albeit a, a slightly different Aberdeen than than what we're seeing just now. But that was a game where Aberdeen were you know coming at us for the entirety of the the game, and we were coping with that and picking them off and taking advantage of of what we're getting. Whereas you you play Ross County last night, and you know putting the, the first half to one side. Ross County were, you know, a dog on its back asking for its belly to be tickled for 45 minutes. <laughs> like there was, you know, we, we were entirely in control of that and, and we were incapable of, of of seeing that off. I, I really don't know where that metaphor goes. I was trying to, you know, come in and land it, but I, I don't know what the end game is with tickling a dog's stomach. I almost said kind of, you know, take advantage of the situation. I was like, what does that, what does that sound like? I think I've painted myself into a really awkward box here. Um, right. Predictions for Saturday. What do we think? Thanks for wrestling that back, Sam. I appreciate that. Um, worry, mate. 5-0 St. Man, I think. <sighs> I don't even know at this rate. I think it's one of the ones where the he'd say the heart says I will maybe sneak a wee one nil or a two one, but I think sensible he John. I think yeah, fancy Aberdeen to be pretty comfortable, probably win one or two nil. I think I, I kinda tend to agree it's the kind of heart v head thing, but I, we've not got a bad record against Aberdeen to be honest. Um less so in Petodre than Paisley, granted, but it's one of these. It's another one of these games. I think Mark, you were kind of saying last week when we talked about Hearts. Um, you need everybody to be on song in a big way. And what is that? Um, if that's the case, then we could sneak something there. We could get a, a draw or even kind of sneak a, a scrappy win. Like God knows, I'd take a scrappy win every week now at this point. Um, just to get some points on the board and kind of start climbing up to where we can. We keep professing that we think we should be, and um, yeah, I'm gonna say, I two one, two one, some one. Let's go for it. Fuck it. <laughs> I think we're capable of it. I, I think a draw is maybe the most likely result. Yeah, we've, we've got enough to cope with most of what Aberdeen can can throw at us, and they're still liable to have a a dodgy result. The you know they've by no means completely turned a a corner, but in, at the same boat, I think we're in a fairly similar position just now in in terms of not knowing who'll show up and how strong we'll be at the back and how capable we are of putting something away. So I think, you know, a kind of 1-1. Yeah, I I think a 1-1's maybe the most likely result. Mm -hmm. Aye, I'll take my prediction back. I'm going to say that we're going to win 3-0. Love it. Brophy hat-trick of shots for 30 yards out that people (laughs) owe more at him for shooting in the first place. A 3-0 by virtue of them getting more than five players sent off. Yeah, I'd take that. The yeah, 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 that sounds pretty ideal to, to me. Some more Aberdeen games tend to throw up red cards recent recent. Aye, as well, so it's not yeah. it's not worth a wee bit. Aye. I was about to say Ethan normally shows up against Aberdeen, and then did he not get sent off? One of the last times we were up there as well, or am I imagining that? Uh, no, you've imagined that because one of the last times he was up there, he scored an absolute. Oh, I wanted from it. Yeah. I thought the time after that he'd. Um, he talked it, but I could be wrong. Maybe no, that's just my was, bias coming through. I think he was just shite that day. <laughs> Fair, enough. Fair enough. Just shite, not red carded. Okay. I'll, I'll, keep a, I'll keep a note of that for next time we do it. Okay, I think that's uh, that's plenty of misery for, for this time round. And uh, we're, we're going to shift tack a little and move on to something entirely, entirely more happy. I think uh, it's no surprise, given that, that I was the one that kind of pushed for us to put in this... Uh, 
this new feature at the end that was only ever going to be named after one person. But uh, what maybe is a surprise is that uh, a couple of very creepy, stalkery Instagram DMs have resulted in. Hello, this is Billy Mehmet, and this is the Billy Mehmet Hall of Fame. Let's do the dance. So there we have it. Do the dance. The Billy Mehmet Hall of Fame is now open. Put a poll out on Twitter to see what kind of category people wanted to to go in first time out. And I think Cult Hero is probably a, a kind of fitting way to do it, given the the, the tone that I was aiming for with the, with the Hall of Fame stuff and naming it after Sir William Mehmet. So we've gone Cult Hero. And first up, there could be only one. I think we'd, we'd had a chat about this uh, this name beforehand and then it was no surprise that on Twitter this was the, the popular choice. Welcome to the Billy Mehmet Hall of Fame, Stelios Dimitriou. What a man. Eater of bounties. Eater of bounties. Ignorer of tactical position. (laughs) Mysterious natural foot. The man had it all. And we got to see it for 18 glorious months. A a proper cult hero in every sense of the word. Just an absolute unknown who I'm pretty sure we signed off a LinkedIn as well. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think that was when James Fowler had uh, put out the SOS. And, uh, I listen, what a, I think uh, his first six months, I think never ever let anybody play in the impact they had. You know, especially the like the, the main sticking point in his first six months was that uh, performance against Hibs were, yeah. Hibs are, Hibs are cantering towards the league title at that point. And uh, he, he won the game himself. Uh, even you're having you know, current Scotland international John McGinty got in deal with David Gray was I don't know if it was New York or New Year any time he was going forward it was it t- took his two goals well and you know well and truly set his on our way as the slogan was for the year and a half that he was here I just think for me kind of Stelios just he just encapsulates that sort of period of following St Murn it was like 20% Good quality football and just eighty percent just pure vibes, just just good fun. Like he was just a good <laughs> fun guy, and uh, obviously he's got his kind of he's goes against Martin. Um, who who's it, was it? Ben Barton he get red carded? Was it Bob, the elbow yeah. and Sam Wardrop? Quite, was it? Like, I, <laughs> quite possibly the most needless yeah. elbow on a game of football ever. And a game that they that's ended the up thing. Winning, but he's a he's an enigma wrapped up in a mystery, wrapped up in a big fucking mad. Separate packages, love them. Bounty wrapper. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, I think that's the that's the nail on the the head. To be honest, I, I, it was quite fun actually to go back and, and kind of read through some of the, the stuff and, and the amount of press inches that Stelios got over his his time with us should not be underrated. Should not be underestimated. That it seemed like you know every every four or five weeks there was something that happened that that uh, saw fit to get a full page interview in the Daily Record. Um, whether getting hit by a bounty thrown by Morton fans or the fact that his missus was coming over to, to move to Paisley to live with him and lost his cat, which <laughs> I read a, a full page interview. I read a full pager about the, the two goals against Hibs. And, you know, I knew that I can remember from the time that Hibs were obviously top of the league and flying high and, and we were still rooted to the, the bottom at that point. I hadn't quite realised that Hibs were unbeaten in 13 that night. And, I, you know, if I try and put my mind back, I'd, to, to that game I'm, I'm sure get into that I was thinking this is probably the week where it all you know all the, the progress we're making kind of all shudders to a halt 
you know, that was a, an exciting Hibs team. I think they turned us over at the start of the season, two or three now at home. And remember Andrew Shinney playing in that in that game, John McGinn, obviously. Aye. Been about the squad and just thinking, I don't even know how we're on the same pitch as this team, to be honest. In that current form, and both goals taken that night were were sublime. I, I feel like every time he lined up at left back, I was convinced he was right-footed. And every time he lined up at right back, I was convinced he was either left-footed or hadn't played football before. I don't, think he, I don't think he knew. I think that's, that's I know. part of the mistake. He's just, I just think it, it's a shame that he kind of existed before you had these kind of Twitter no-context accounts because he is no-context Delios would, would just would change the game. His career. <laughs> <laughs> you know that, um, that quote about, is it John Lambie, when the, the player gets concussed? And the, the physio or the assistant manager comes over and says, oh, he's wanting to go back on. What should I do? And he went, tell him he's Pelly. And send him back on. <laughs> I feel like before every game, Jack Ross just leaned into Stelios's ear. And if he was on the right, he told him he was Roberto Carlos. And if he was on the left, he told him he was Gary Neville. And just <laughs> and sent him away with it. Yeah, um, the, to, to put it in context, I know you're saying no context. To put Stelios in context as well, the player he replaced at right back, who'd already joined in that January window and then pretty much got retired by the end of it, was Paul Fjeldy, who was a holding midfielder who is maybe the most uncomfortable right-back I've seen in our history. Do you know what I think, mate? Paul Fjeldy, has he played the cup game away at Dundee that uh, Sutton and Jack Baird scored in? one 2 0 Dundee were obviously Premier's at the time. Played them off the park. And I thought after that game, I was like, wow, this boy at right-back is unbelievable. And then we started him against Falkirk uh-huh. a few yeah, days later. And I have never seen a guy just look so out of place in Scottish football ever. <laughs> I, I felt I felt terrible for him, but aye. And then after that, obviously, Stelios comes in and the rest is history. Put us on our way to the start of the season in good fashion as well with the league winning season. You get the first goal against Falkirk yeah. the first day of the season. Uh, that again. pre-season as well that I mentioned to you earlier, Sam, I drove up to Nairn. Um, during pre-season you know, a four and a, a four and a half hour trip whatever it was because I thought this is maybe one of the only chances I'm ever going to see us put in like a cricket score and it's we were the way Nairn's like a proper Highland League Highland League day out Highland League ground you know you're standing pretty much on the on the touchline took a reasonable a reasonable um, support up for it as well and Stelios honestly treated that entire game like it was you know it was like a Champions League group game at, at like Galatasaray in front of you know welcome to hell banners and everything else he was like <laughs> in the ref's ear in the rest of our team's ear noising up the Nairn players you know g'ing up the St Martin fans the whole time giving it the, the Ronnie roar down the touchline and, and all the rest of it he was chasing balls that had gone out of play to get back to the touchline and throw things back in and I, I mean I think we won 1-9-0 or something it was it, it, you said it yourself Andrew I think it represented just about everything that was good and exciting about following St Mern for that 18 months of staying up and then and then cantering the league it was you didn't know what you were going to get week on week and it was it just, it it got, was just, it just got the fans didn't it, it just it got us and we yeah. kind of loved them for it and I uh, it just I mean like you were saying earlier Sammy just embodies what a cult hero is in football you just get Aye. it all I think uh, Important goals, aye, what a hero. I think uh, to round it up, I'll, um, I'll quote from a, an article by um, St Murn's own uh, sharp journalist, Kyle Gunn, who, uh, who interviewed him just after he left 
to say the one thing that I loved about playing for someone was the fans getting close to them, singing, playing the drum. It's me. It's my personality. And I, I don't think I could put it better myself. It sums the, the whole thing up. And uh, I'm delighted to welcome Stelios into the Billy Mehmet Hall of Fame. And there we have it. We've got there. We've got to the end. Just before we tell some entirely deserving people to get to fuck, it's worth reminding you that our merch is there. I think we're coming up with the last free postage weekend before before Christmas. Um, hopefully, assuming I'm not working particularly long days like all the rest of us are just now and we've got the time to do it, we might stick some fresh stuff up for Christmas as well. I've been threatening to do um, pun-heavy Christmas T-shirts and jumpers and stick them up there. So we'll see. That might be an option fairly, fairly soon. Also, I mentioned this last week, the uh, Charitable Foundation have got their their Christmas auction, the 12 Days of Christmas underway. I saw they put a video up with Richard Tate announcing stuff today as well. So please, after you've listened to this and after you've gone and given us some money by by buying merch, which helps pay for Zoom, then maybe go and give some money to charity or something. But, you know, at that point, it's up to yourselves. We won't tell you what to do. Um, yeah, with that being said, then I'm going to leave it with a quick fuck but also, please sign for us in January, if, if you wouldn't mind, Joseph Humble. Thank you. I'm going to say, again, I love this guy, but fuck Cammy Devlin. And fuck the SFA and Malky McKay. I think you can roll the two of them up in the winner because they were in tandem for a few years, so fuck the pair of them. Aye, beautiful. What a beautiful note to finish that one. Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.